0: Keyshawn, j will and Subbin the podcast welcome back <laughs> T.J.Z. <laughs> so we have key no j no Z but you got me
1: man, it's the summertime man
0: it still is lot of them feel like it not lately. here. no you're not happy to be New back York. in New York you know you're happy to be back in New York though I you got off the that. plane
1: yesterday it was raining I got out of the bed this morning mm-hmm. after I was called by my producer and woke me up it's as I would have
0: a great story that showed
1: is! showed up at 7 a.m. instead you of coming to work today yeah yeah, yeah yeah I'm coming yeah I'm coming man I'm about to come right now why are you calling me I'm right outside I'm right outside you we're not I was sleeping <laughs> but uh I mean it's cool to be back in New York no question about it but I'm not looking to be cloudy and drizzly and I, I don't want that's not I'm coming from sunshine I know you are I mean look at the tan
0: you look good. I'm looking good. good. No, 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 you, you look great. You do. You look great. I you look consumed rested. a lot
1: of alcohol, though. Ugh.
0: Yeah, we gotta we gotta discuss a lot us, of alcohol. Us like really locking in like fitness wise in the fall.
1: Yeah, I'm good. I'm off the I'm off the sauce now. Now, when I was on vacation, yeah,
0: though, sauce. Well, that's like, what vacation. Literally. But that's vacation though. Isn't that like, what vacations all about? And then about?
1: the people that I hang around. Mm. They need to go see the alcohol people, Alcohol Anonymous. <laughs>
0: that bad?
1: Oh, man, to the point where I'm just like, come on. It's like 5,
0: it's five o'clock somewhere, but not here.
1: <laughs> like every day. Yeah. Like literally, though, every day. And then you get called, you know, you get pulled into it because you don't want to sit there and be like a lame.
0: Well, everybody else looks like they're having a great time and, and you're you, not at and that you level. Just, yeah, you, you, so you're like, all right, I got to jump I
1: can in. get at that level. I just don't, I mean, I could without sipping and having a cocktail mm-hmm. i can get at the level and be fine mm-hmm. but you look just you look lame when you sit there and everybody else right. is drinking and you you're just, on vacation you want to vac- let loose right have and fun you're out eating literally like every day every night there's lunch there's that you're like you're always eating with somebody yep. i don't think i paid for i think i paid for one dinner what the entire time i was gone how so because of all my friends and stuff was taking care of you? They was taking care. I met with our guy. In fact, I met with, with our guy, uh, Jim Ornstein. We, we had lunch. He oh, paid. I, I didn't pay. I was
0: on that call. We were, we were on a three-way call together. Oh, yeah. You guys were That's planning right. your lunch, and I felt really left out. I, I was, was nowhere near it, L.A. I was going
1: up on him, but I had dinner a few hours later. So I didn't want to run up the bill on order too much, but I was going to get him. Oh, I was going to get him. He better. He lucked out on the lunch part. Cause if it was dinner, I was getting ready to but get you him. You
0: know, if he's paying for your dinner, you actually paid for that dinner. You know that, right? I, like based you understand on the representation. That yes, I do get it <laughs> yes. based
1: on the representation, but, but yeah, when you think about it, every single day mm-hmm. there was, I was at somebody's house at a pool, something, mm-hmm. or we were going to dinner. So I literally only paid for, I, th- I believe one dinner the entire time I was there.
0: That's beautiful. Now, don't you get tired of LA though? Like in a way where you're like I need a break. I need I need some New York. I get it back to New York. I need a break. I need you No, know, I'm glad a to change.
1: be I'm glad to be back to work because according to some, I never work.
0: No. You know, Just, which
1: to me is like
0: hmm, interesting cuz I always thought that I always work and I never take off. Right. That's well, we have a complaint department that's uh that has some messages in it that we'll get to at the end of the show because we always like to do that before we do call a roulette, and we'll certainly do that. We want you to be part of the conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Uh, as a Jets fan, I feel like I wanted to drink early and often after seeing the results of the first scrimmage, the green and white practice, you know, that whole setup. You remember that from your Jet days, right? I
1: don't. 20,000
0: people are watching the number two overall pick, the quarterback. There is no safety net. There's no backup. There's no vet.
1: So they go into the stadium mm-hmm. and 20,000 people show them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, we didn't have that. We practiced at Hostra and
0: that was pretty much it for us. We, yeah, that we was did fun. The Hostra, the Hostra days were fun when they did the scrimmage there. That was always fun. But this, this, is, this was a bigger deal, a bigger crowd, under the lights, the whole thing. And, um, yeah, Zach Wilson didn't exactly have a great debut. He zacked it. You could say that. Uh, 11 of 24, 112 yards, two hours. Now, No live tackling, obviously, so it's not real, but simulated. All right, simulated game. He was critical of himself, yes, which I was glad to hear him say that and sounded like somebody that was a fan watching him. Take a listen.
2: Not great. You know, I have high expectations for myself and, and for this offense. And, you know, I got to lead those guys. I got to make better decisions. But, you know, that's why this isn't, you know, game one. That's why that's why we're doing this. And, and I understand that. Of course, I'm going to be frustrated at myself. But, um, you know, I'm going to go back in the film room and, and, you know, find out what I can learn and get better from.
0: How am I supposed to feel, Key? Am I overreacting?
1: I think right, right now anybody that's a Jet fan is overreacting. You got to understand how scrimmages or practice sessions – or or scripted, right? The the defense kind of knows exactly where the offensive player is going to be. And sometimes guys are falling into positions that they shouldn't be in. Um, Even if you are going up against the first team unit, the first team unit, sometimes they know, okay, he's getting ready to run out and and they're squatting on it. They're they're just not doing what you expect for them to do. And so – It'd be interesting to see if this trend for him continues in training camp or for some reason uh, they decide to script something different and not tell the defense what exactly it is because we used to do that where the defense is all of a sudden getting the best of us because they know what's coming and we get off script and then bombs away and they're sitting there like, you didn't know that was coming. You know everything else so you look like a hero. So it'll be interesting to see. It's interesting to see. I wasn't there. I didn't watch it. What exactly if – I, if I was up top, I could see everything that's going on and I can then tell you what he was doing wrong mm-hmm. or if it was his fault. Because all you're hearing is he threw two interceptions. He was, you know, whatever the statistics said, but they were not good. There's a reason that happened. Was the reason him or was the reason the defense or was the balls falling off the receivers' hands? Like what was the real reason other than he was throwing the ball to the other team?
0: A couple of – I think they were doing a red zone. One got tipped on, on one of those situations. So, but there you go. Yeah, There's Mosley a tip. made the play. There's um, a tip. Do you think with a crowd of 20,000, Did how did, do you think the crowd reacted to the number two overall pick in his performance? Oh, oh God, what are we doing here? I mean, that's – yeah, Jet fans. Fans in general. We
1: could have had Trey Lance. We could have had Justin All Fields. That. Because they don't – you don't, How's ever, Sam doing? you don't ever want to minimize <laughs> a fan's education the way the game is being played. But in all honesty, sometimes the fans don't even know what they're looking at. All they know is that there's an interception being thrown or the ball's being turned over. They don't really understand that a guy whiffed on this side, so this is the reason that he was, his throw was hurried. He didn't get a chance to step into it because somebody was right at his feet. You know, they, they don't get all of the little technical stuff. All they see is the results. And the results didn't go in his favor, so they ready to send him back to Provo, Utah. Well,
0: according to Rich Cimini, who's covered the Jets for a very long time, uh, the crowd was supportive. Okay, you didn't hear booze. I think well, I don't know that they would boo, but I also think, like you said, what do you expect? He's he's very young. He's the guy, right? Like they, this is it. Like whether he plays bad or not, he's the guy. So. This is going to be a, know, a, they a, a baptism by fire. This is going to be you're going to learn on the job. You're going to figure it out. That's what this is I going just, to be for the Jets and, and, wonder, and Zach Wilson.
1: I just wonder what Joe Douglas and and, and Robert Sala really are think, thinking when there's no veteran quarterback behind him. Even if the veteran quarterback never took a snap, you pay that guy the minimum and he's –
0: they're I, I really want to know their thought they have, process. They have Josh Johnson, but no. But I'm talking yeah, about. I a, know I'm talking about a real vet. But this is why now with what happened in Indianapolis with the Colts and their issues, obviously with Carson Wentz, if they are going to make a move for Nick Foles, you almost have to, right? If you're the Jets, you you've got to give that. You've got to be in that conversation, don't you? You have to be in no, that conversation. No, because, no? because
1: it's going to take too much to get Nick Foles.
0: And you're not, ready,
1: you're not ready to win they right don't now. don't
0: need him. The Bears don't need him.
1: Yeah, but the but if I got bidding war going on and I'm the Bears, and I know you need him, What's and you need him. Six-round pick? I don't know what the number would be, but I may not be willing to give up a six if somebody else is Or, or Chicago may not be willing to take a six because Indy will give him a four.
0: Now what? Indy would give him a four. They, they need win. him! Well, Carson Wentz could be back in October. Yep. <laughs> You sit around and you go one and three. Mm. You're done. Fair. I, like I said. I just feel like in from the Jets' perspective, they really look like they are all in with this player with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. where are not even Urban Meyer is naming Trevor Lawrence his starter, even though we all know that. Man, just, yeah, exactly.
1: Preseason, man. Right,
0: but still, like the they are all in with this kid. And all right, so let this be.
1: They just gotta find a ve- It's worst. gotta be a. And I but don't it's know the off the very beginning. Of- I don't know off the top of my head, Alan. what veteran quarterback is just at home chilling right now, but there's got to be a guy
0: that is just there that you could kind of like. He's capable enough to take over if he's not ready for week one. That's what I guess you worry about the most because their defense is going to be pretty good. Their defense is not going to be terrible. See, I They've worry. They've got some weapons offensively. They've got a better offensive line. It's can he be good enough. Maybe they just go run enough? the
1: ball every now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the Jets are thinking.
0: All right, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Goodyear. Movement is always driving us forward, whether it's on the track, the court, or on the field. Every move we make, every road we choose to go down, and every single mile marker we pass leads us to find out just how far we can go. Goodyear, more driven. And over the weekend, on Sunday morning, the news came of the passing of Bobby Bowden. He had been suffering. He uh, had pancreatic cancer at the age of 91, lived uh, just a... a full life, obviously a, a legendary coach, a great coach, and to talk about him and, and really to understand uh, what he was more than just the coach that we know him as, uh, the best person to bring in is somebody who learned from him and took over for him at Florida State, and that is Jimbo Fisher, who joins us right now, the Texas A and M head coach on the Goodyear Hotline. Jimbo, good morning. Uh, condolences for the loss of of Bobby Bowden and. I think the 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 way the best way to begin the conversation with you is to ask you what's the, your best memory of the first time you met him.
2: You know, the first time I ever met him, um, my memories. I coached with him. I was, you know, I was with Terry and Jeff. Sometimes we would go down to watch Florida State practice. I would stay at his house. I mean, things like that. But remember the first time I ever really got to sit down and talk to him because I played for Terry at the time I was in college, and just the genuineness. Of how he treated you, what he did, the way he made you feel like in the first two minutes that he talked to you was unbelievable. But then you're in awe. I'm in awe because I'm, I'm talking to Bobby Bowden and what he did offensively. And we ran, when I played, we ran the exact offense. I mean, called it exactly the same thing because Terry ran it and those things.
3: It was an amazing
2: deal. But my best memories come from some of the best ones anyway. When we had the, they, You know they have the Manning Passing Academy now? Mm-hmm. You know, with the high school kids? Mm-hmm. That actually came from the Bowden Academy. The Bowden were the first one to ever do that in the late 80s. We had all receivers and quarterbacks from all over the country. matter of fact, Peyton was in it. I was a senior counselor that we did and in, 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 in that group. And just at night, sitting around, after everybody went back, he'd be in the dorm, set, go back in the, in, in the rooms with us with the coaches and all the coaches and the counselors. They put his feet up, take his socks off, put his feet up on, on the table and tell stories about guys he recruited, old high school stories. But then all of a sudden the game knowledge, people start asking questions and, the ability for me as a young guy to sit and absorb all the things. It's almost like, you know, when you're, if your dad's a coach and you follow him around, you don't realize what you absorb until you get older and you start applying those things because you hear him and see them every day. And I would just listen to the stories. And at such a young age, I was um, it was unbelievable. The knowledge I kept retaining and going back to when I started coaching. And I remember the first time I became an offense coordinator, I was 24 at Sanford. And I was going into the 91 season. They were preseason number one. Well, in the 90-year they had a great season, and I remember Harry took me to the bowl game, and I sat in every one of Bobby's meetings, just in the back against the wall, and watched him organize his staff, and then the offensive meetings, how he structured it, and then how he got the game plan together, and I got to sit in the box and listen to him call the game on a headset, where, where there was no, uh, I couldn't talk, I was just listening to him and learning. And so many things you learn, and just how he was the coach, but then... How genuine and, and how he was as a person. I mean, it, it was it was a mark. When I say this, I don't think there's a better coach and gentleman that's ever coached the game of football. And I don't mean that in any slight to anybody else. I just think that much of him.
1: Coach, coach Fisher, what was the conversation like when you joined Florida State staff and you became the uh, head coach in
2: waiting? It, you know what was funny when he when he was they were recruiting me to leave when I left LSU to come back over and Bobby and I met together and we talked and see it's not like a normal job interview. It was almost like your dad come to get you and said, hey, you need, why don't you come back over here? <laughs> you know what I mean? He'd go over here and come on Because, I, I mean, it really was because I felt so comfortable. The conversation we had was unbelievable. I mean, it was about Bob. It was about the future of what we did. But here's the thing. That was a never a guarantee. Everybody assumed that was a thing that was – that wasn't done until I got to Florida State. That was not a thing that was ever spoken of or said to me on the way over there. Now, Bob, Bob I guess maybe they had plans for that later on. That was never there, and, and it, was, it was an opportunity in which, and I say that at the time, I had seven job opportunities at that time. Here's what I saw as a man, and I knew before I had to be a head coach, there were some things about Coach Bowden. I, I was around him to death, but I never coached with him on a staff. I knew I wanted to get that, those years of experience and I had a bunch of job opportunities to be coordinators, even some NFL jobs, head coaching jobs in college. I knew I wanted to get a couple years under him, just how he actually did it on a day-to-day basis where I could see it even better and to be a head coach. And it was like, hey, hey come on, buddy. Let's go back home where we always started because I was always a Florida State fan. I grew up on the, in that family. I grew up uh, going, loving Florida State. I uh, you know, as a kid and being around it and playing, I just became a Florida State fan and him coming over and tapping And I had seven job opportunities. I always say this. And it was by far, the, it was the least job opportunity I ever took. My money-wise, it was probably three hundred thousand dollars less than any job I had offered to me at the mm. present time, and I went. And I always tell kids this, and I always tell young coaches this: don't ever take. I mean, you know, we make the money; we make tons of money. But when you you got to be ready for the jobs you got. And there was another piece of that puzzle I had to have, and Bobby Bowden was the piece that I had to finalize to learn how to be a great head coach. And I wanted that piece, and money wasn't a part of it. It was about the people you were around, and that's where I was so fortunate as a young guy to be around Bobby, Ray Run Terry be around Jeff, be around Tommy, and that whole family, to teach me how to coach and, and, to, and to put the things and how I wanted to do things and how they did things, that I, that, and that's how I still do them.
1: What, what type of pressure did you feel taking over Florida State for Coach Bowden when you knew, okay, I'm getting ready to get
0: this job? Big shoes to fill.
2: When you knew. you Listen, the legacy of what you had and what the expectations were for him being there. I mean, 34 straight bowl games. I mean, they went 14 years in the top five. No one had ever done that. 14 10-win seasons in a row, and that's when you're only playing 12 games with a bowl game. I mean, no one had ever done that. And so the expectations were high. The pressure was high. But like Coach Bowden said, and, and I always remember him saying this, hey, buddy, if, 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 you, if you're doing things the right way, pressure's not a problem. It's never a problem for you because if you you believe in yourself, and he always said it, you got to believe in yourself, believe in what you're doing, and be able to get it to your people and don't worry about, don't worry about the outcomes and the results, and, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll work out. God has a way of working it out. And he always used God in everything he ever did. And he was right.
0: Jimbo Fisher joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline at Texas A&M head coach as we talk about the life and the legacy of Bobby Bowden, who passed away Sunday at the age of 91. So you take over as head coach. You go on to win a national championship at Florida State in 2013. Mm-hmm. What was the conversation like that you had with him when you were heading to that championship game and then after you won that title?
2: Hey, hey, hey. He, Bobby was a guy who delegated authority. He was a guy who, if he gave you a job and he, you know, he'd give you some peace and he saw something there, he adjusted it and made it. he, he let you do your job. And he always say, Hey, you've done a great job. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't let anybody touch. And he said, don't, don't do anything different. Do what you do and do what you do well. And don't worry about it. And, you know, it's funny because everybody always said, Bobby always told me, he said this back in the eighties. He said, no, I understand something. When you take this job, I'm not going to come around for a while. And I, I said, I understand. Because he had said this to me. I heard him say it back when I was when I was, in those conversations in the 80s and 90s. He said, because when I get done, it's not right, but the other head coach come around so everybody be asking questions. And the greatest thing, one of the reasons we had so much success, and and, and I had constant conversations with him on the phone. We would call, and we always used to go sit in his office and have conversations. And Clint Purvis, our team chaplain, used to hear some of our conversations sometimes with some mates. He would just give me wisdom. You know, we would sit and have an hour-long conversations sometimes two hour long conversation he had an unbelievable memory in history of the game his memory was unbelievable in late age it was it was crazy but you know he he said because I don't want the, I don't want everybody saying well Bobby didn't do it that way so we would have tons of conversations privately or have a call just like we have one month before he got sick and then, and then talked after but he said but you know because I want you to be able to do it your way it's unfair for old coaches to hang around and everybody saying well that ain't the way that's done that ain't the, he said you got to do it your way and that's what he told me going to that national championship he said. You've done it perfectly all year. Don't change a thing. He said, "Do it your way. Do what you believe. Trust, you know, trust yourself and go." And that's what he always was. He delegated it and he trusted people. And he and he went, and he always gave you. He got a way of talking to you that gave you supreme confidence in yourself.
1: Mm. Head coach Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M head coach, that is in national championship in 2013 for the Florida State Seminoles, so joining us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Coach, you you coached under two Bowdens, obviously. Uh Bobby at Florida State and Terry at Sanford along with Auburn. How proud was, was Coach Bowden of his two sons to be able to coach in Division One oh. football?
2: I mean, unbelievable that they all fought and Tommy too. And Tommy, you know, Tommy was a head coach and did a great job. And Tommy's with us at Auburn. I mean, they they lived eat and football. I mean, they really did. I mean, they talked constantly. I mean, it would be on the phone. Bobby if Bobby saw something and he didn't say, they'd be on the phone to each other and and and, and Terry called you now, Terry called Bobby. Now he had a heck of a resource. They'd call him. And Bobby would get the he would get the answers immediately. They talked constantly. That's why they did the Bowden Academy, that passing academy. And they would sit there. They were going for two weeks. They would sit there every night at night, just throwing and catching balls all day, and then talking ball all night. I mean, Bobby was extremely proud of his kids, and his kids were highly successful in what he did. Terry was under. I mean, Terry, remember, we, Terry won twenty games in a row at Auburn. Yeah. First twenty games in a row. It was unbelievable. Tommy had tremendous success at Tulane and and uh, uh, Clemson. And then Jeff was a tremendous assistant. As always, with him and Terry, were always together. Like I say, they were always on staff with me. He was my offense coordinator when I played, and Terry was the head coach and called the plays. And uh, I mean, but and Bobby, every, every Bobby had an off weekend, and they, one of those guys was playing. He was sitting in the stands at the game. And I'm gonna tell you, when you're sitting there as a young coach, and all of a sudden Bobby comes in your offensive staff meeting or something, or he, when he was coming up for to visit and what's going on, he never tried to get in the way, but just him walking around the presence that was amazing. But every off weekend, I remember him coming to our games all the time.
0: Yeah, you know, you, the way you talk about it, it sounds like, you know, it was a part of a family business, and, and, and you, Jimbo, it sounded it was. like you were part of the family business as well. So I, I imagine, again, that the reflection – uh, that you have today is certainly one of a unique perspective thanks so much for the time it was great to talk to you all the best
2: all right Coach. thank you guys for having me mm-hmm.
0: right, Y'all have a great Coach day Jimbo Fisher again on the Goodyear hotline all right so uh, when we get back into the NFL side of football it was a historic class and now it comes with a historic reward we'll discuss that after Key has this from Goodyear every move we
1: make pushes us forward whether it's on the track the court or the field. Movement is how we make our impression on the world. It's part of who we are. And when we pursue it with everything we've got, it shows us who we'll become. Every move we make, every road we choose to go down, every mile maker we pass takes us to a new place and shows the world just how far we can go. Good year, more driven. Josh Allen, $258 million. We knew that this was going
4: to happen. What this Josh Allen deal did was set the floor for Baker Mayfield. There is a premium for guys that are selected number one overall. This is Keyshawn J.
3: Will and Zubin. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike.
0: Keyshawn J. Wheels, been presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn in with Key this morning and over the weekend. Big contract in the NFL. It's always what? Who's the next one due for a contract? Josh was one of a couple of quarterbacks due for their contract extension off their rookie deals as the 2018 class now is up to get paid, and he's the first one to get paid. Josh Allen gets. Six years, $258 million overall, 150 guaranteed. And can you say that is obviously the most important number, is the guaranteed number.
1: Yeah, $150 million guaranteed. Uh, you know, the 258 he's going to get there. They're not giving you $150 million not for you to get to the 258 I mean, the only way you don't get to the 258 is if something bad happens right. to you. Extreme, you know, because you're only going to get better. He's not going to get worse. He's going to get better. And when you look at it, that, that was the right thing for the Bills to do we we talked about it months ago uh, who would go first Lamar Baker Josh somebody has to go after Dak Prescott mm-hmm. he went therefore he got the 150 and Brandon Bean done a tremendous job of building this roster right. for the Buffalo Bills to be in playoff contention every single year um so you you pay your quarterback that's what it is i don't i don't even see why people even would question why the next guy in line would supersede Josh Allen's contract,
0: that's the way it goes. Next in line gets paid. That's just what happened. His, uh, his annual higher than uh, what Dak Prescott got at $44 million. But obviously the story, like you said, in Buffalo. So let's go around the league. Let's begin in Buffalo with the reaction to Josh Allen getting this extension. Here is Marcel Louis-Jacques, ESPN's Bills reporter, on why the Bills did this now.
4: This is a loud vote of confidence from Brandon Bean in Josh Allen, Uh, not just in Josh as a a quarterback, but as a person and as a leader. He actually said he's known for a while that Josh Allen was going to be worthy of an extension like this. It it, it just came, uh, you know, it, it was a matter of being smart with your funds when they had him under rookie contract control for so long. But it's also a vote of confidence from Brandon Bean in his staff, the front office and coaches, the job that they've been able to do, developing Allen, developing players, and putting a support system around him. So if he continues at this rate, the Bills are going to be competitive for a long time.
0: And Stefan Diggs, certainly a big part of that. When they brought him in, that was a huge addition for him, Josh Allen. Does a lot of running but doesn't need to do a lot of running. They want to keep him certainly as healthy as possible. But you're paying him for the potential of what he can become because he was an MVP candidate last year. Didn't win it, obviously. But they have high expectations not just for him as an individual but for what he can be for this team and what they can become.
1: As, as long as they can keep everybody happy and, and Stephon Diggs will be next. He'll, he'll, he'll be looking for new oh, money yeah. at some point in time as well. And they, they will address it because they know – how important he is to the development of their young quarterback and Josh Allen. He's only gotten better every single year. Yeah. MVP. Yeah. He got a few votes, whatever that, that That's not important to me. His play on the field is what's important. How, how does he become that quarterback that they paid him to be because that's
0: super bowl winning quarterback money that yeah. they've given him. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, it's not the end quarter It's not the end contract. He'll, build off of this yeah. contract to make, he'll make more money. He'll make $600 million if from he the success. bills by the time his career is over. God, I can't believe you just said that without even pausing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Meanwhile, what, he was an MVP candidate. Lamar Jackson has won an MVP already. He's also from this class. In fact, the last quarterback taken uh, in that first round of this class. So what are the Ravens now going to do based off of this contract offered to Josh Allen? Jameson Hensley, ESPN Ravens reporter, had this to say. Josh Allen's big money extension likely sets the starting point now between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Jackson will probably be looking at a deal that pays him between Allen at $43 million per season and Patrick Mahomes at $45 million per year. Now, a long-term deal between Jackson and Baltimore is expected at some point. Both sides have talked like this is just a formality. But there really hasn't been any sense of urgency to get it done. A deal might not even get done until next offseason. Jackson is under contract for two years, and the Ravens, they just don't have a lot of cap space. And Jackson knows if he puts together another big year, he can further validate why his next contract should surpass the one given to Josh Allen. Key, I'll tell you what. I don't like this because injury to me. I, I, I would rather... If I'm his agent, I want it now. I do not want to wait till the off season. I see Josh Allen just set a bar. All right, we now are going over that bar. You're right. Actually, I've mentioned that his mother. I, his mother represents him. So, I don't like this thinking. I think it should be done now.
1: Well, that's not his thinking. That's the that that's the individual who just had on thinking of what could potentially take place. I mean, you're only talking about an 8 8 month Window to get a deal done. The conversations have already started, so whatever is there is there. What's there to gonna, talk
0: about you now. You've got a bar; it's set. Yeah, What's there to talk but about. But there's
1: numbers that are there that they've already discussed. Okay, and so let's assume it doesn't go as well as planned. Right now, he's playing; still playing with house money. He's 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 good. I personally wouldn't wait till next off season just because that's just not how I operate. One hundred fifty
0: million guaranteed is. Is more than house money. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I kid
1: it. But but if, if if I'm him, I certainly would try and get something done at some point in time. I mean, for Baltimore, they want to see Josh Allen's contract. Mm-hmm. His contract has to come into the NFL, the NFLPA. Uh, Lamar's mom and whoever represents her and lawyers, what they got to get the contract. They got to look at the language. They got to see how the money's paid out. All those sort of things. Sure. Then they look at that as a template. To go back to Baltimore and say, "Look, here's the numbers. Here's what the language says. This is where we should be, or this is where we feel we should be." And Baltimore wants to pay Lamar. Baltimore's not saying, "Well, we don't want to pay him." No, no. Clearly, they want to pay him. I just, the,
0: the, what, what, James? You and Hensley cringe suggest- at the fact,
1: Jamie Hensley. You cringe at the fact that next off season, you don't <laughs> like that huh? yeah, when he
0: said that. Like, <laughs> like, there's no hurry here. There's no urgency here. Oh no, no. I just saw a guy in my class that I've already got an MVP and he got 150 million guaranteed. Yeah, there's urgency for me to get that signed.
1: You're thinking more like a reporter fan, (laughs) less like a professional athlete. What? You know, I'm thinking like an agent. I want my guy signed now. See, but the professional athlete and the agent, they already know there's numbers that are already there. Whatever those numbers are. Let's say it's 135 million, they already know it's there they're not going to all of a sudden take that from us. So we can start there. Now Josh Allen's number's come in. So we erase that out of the way.
0: Now we start at 150 to start with. Okay. We know that's there. Well, maybe and maybe you also wait for this, and that is the number 1 overall pick from that draft class. Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns dare I say, finally found their quarterback after a quarter century of trying to get the guy that is their franchise quarterback, a guy that can lead them to winning, which he's already starting to do, and maybe big-time winning, which some people think that the Browns have in their potential. So let's go to Emmett Golden, ESPN 850 Cleveland. This is from Primetime on ESPN Radio.
4: What this Josh Allen deal did was set the floor for Baker Mayfield. That's exactly what it did. Right now, I guarantee you that as soon as they saw it, Baker Mayfield's agents called Andrew Barry and said, hey, are you ready to talk? And you know what it's going to cost you now. It's going to cost you more than $258 million because Baker was the
1: number one pick in that draft, and there is a premium for guys that
0: are
2: selected number one overall.
0: Yeah, I have a problem with this from Emmett. What does it have to do with any – why does where you're picked – have to do with anything in regards to how much you should make in your second contract. By then, it depends on what you are for your team. Being the number one overall pick doesn't mean he should make more money than Josh Allen.
1: No, he won't. That that really doesn't have anything to do with it. You yeah. can be the number one overall pick and be really, really bad, and that you're not even going to come and close. We've to seen
0: it. guys like that,
1: and so I think I think Baker Mayfield fall. They're they're all going to be around each other. Okay, whether it's 150 guaranteed or whether it's 145 guaranteed, whether it's 258 or 257 or 300 over 6 or 350 over 7, they're all going to fall within an average of $40-plus plus million dollars a year. It's just what it's going to be. One guy gets 43, another guy gets 42, another guy gets
0: 45. That's what it's going to be. All in the same range. All in the yeah. same – everybody will be able to have nice vacations. <laughs> the point is, for Cleveland especially – you you can say number one pick, and that's the reason why he should – you know, that sets the floor for him if that's how you want to put it. But I look at it as if you're Cleveland, you understand more than maybe any other franchise outside of the New York Jets how hard it is to find that franchise quarterback. You've got him. Lock him up. Don't make it an issue. Yeah. And stick with him. And, and,
1: and, and, look, Baker Mayfield will not be seen by the other teams that potentially, if he was to ever hit free agency, in the same light that the Cleveland Browns see him in. Mm-hmm it just it, he works he works perfect for cleveland yeah his
0: value to the browns
1: yeah, and yeah and same that doesn't mean market. that cleveland should try to lowball him right. it just means that he's perfect for cleveland in their situation why try to do something crazy and lowball him have him ticked off to
0: where the point where he wants to leave and go through all just pay to do yeah, don't make it uncomfortable yeah, cuz you finally just, found just your pay guy him. absolutely kjz presented by progressive insurance coming up why tom brady was getting booed in canton at least six years before he's even going to get inducted. That's after we talk about DoorDash. So, DoorDash here with Summer of Dash Pass. Right now, Dash Pass members are taking $10 off groceries, alcohol, pet food, and more. Need a nightcap? $10 off. Got a cough? Get relief delivered for less. Want to surprise your crush? Send a gift and save. Try Dash Pass for free and get special savings, exclusive menu items, and $0 delivery fees year-round. Get more from your neighborhood now with Dash Pass in the DoorDash app. Stay cool out there. Terms and conditions apply.
2: What a privilege to be inducted
4: into this brotherhood, the Pro Football Hall of Fame with all of you. Football carved out a place for my favorite quarterback, my hero, my role model, my dad, Archie Manning, to pass on something
3: he loved to me. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Passion, drive, and patience. The
4: formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive
0: The Kings. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn with Key today with you. And over the weekend, man, we missed a lot when we were gone. A lot of stuff happened in sports, but just most recently, Hall of Fame ceremonies in Canton for football. And we had two classes because, obviously, the 2020 class, uh, that was postponed due to COVID. So they had Saturday, and then the 21 class had Sunday. And we thought, let's just – Kind of get a taste of all the different speeches that were given, some of the best sound that we heard from Hall of Fame weekend. So you ready to go with this? You want to start Saturday in the 2020 class? Let's do it. We begin. uh, I I like this one. Um, Let me see. Edrin James, let's start with him. Because he's a guy that warned everyone about judging a book by its cover. The way he—his look, he said. People just assumed he was a certain way, just by dreads, gold fronts, stuff like that. So the way he closed his speech was certainly memorable. To all those who have been judged prematurely because of their appearance, the way they speak, where they
1: come from, and in the minds of many should be locked up in prison, I represent us. I'm forever more lives locked mm. up in the county correctional institution.
4: Inmate number 336 in the Pope Football Hall of Fame.
1: (laughs) My career started with gold teeth and ended with this gold jacket. Good night and God bless.
0: So he opened up, he he actually, the number, I guess what number he is in the Hall of Fame, Uh was in the jacket. So he opened it up, he saw it, that's why he said inmate 336. But his speech was basically about how people assumed something about me just by the way I looked, the way I wore my hair, uh, the gold teeth and all that stuff, and he said, don't do that. Don't judge people by the way they look. I it, thought it was, a, it was interesting. No, you know, it
1: was it. interesting, but I got a funny Edge of yep. James story. So I'm playing I'm playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we're in uh, doing the season, and um, we're standing on the sideline, and we're with one of our main executives. And he went on to become a general manager. I'm not going to blow him up, but we're standing there, and he, we are talking about the draft and players and stuff like that. And he his particular area was the Miami Hurricanes. And so he says to us standing there, oh, you know, I really didn't realize how good this Edwin James was So we were having a conversation. And we looked at him like, wait a minute, man. And You're supposed to be a general manager <laughs> yeah. in the waiting. Yeah, you're supposed to know. Interesting. <laughs> it wasn't Rich McKay. Let's just say that. All right. Like, but that it, out was, there. it was. It was somebody that became a general manager eventually that said that. We it was it's like, Gary. Like, oh god. Well,
0: that leads us to our next guy. So Isaac Bruce. All right. So he again of the 2020 class. Isaac Bruce t- talking about people who didn't know someone was good. He closed his speech, reminding person he would not name that didn't think he was fit for the NFL.
1: To the nameless voice that called me two weeks before the draft in 1994 to let me know that the NFL wasn't checking for me. They didn't like me. They like, they like more of NFL legend, legend Bertie Manuel and Ryan Yabarah. I know you're alive. I know you're listening. I pray God keep you alive for this day. So, my message to you is rap legend Kumo wanted me to ask you how you like me now.
0: How you like me now. Now, I think you could figure out what team <laughs> that might have been if you go back and look. Uh, was it Ryan Yarbo? Is that who he's talking Ryan, about? Ryan Yarbo. Yeah. yeah, Ryan. So it, That was the New York Jets. Yeah. <laughs> That's what right? I think he's talking about. But, how do you not But how, how you I, you not I just know. love that. I love that he said that, that he was told he wasn't going to make. Like, isn't that amazing? And but I, to saw, get
1: that I saw Isaac Bruce come from Fort Lauderdale to Los Angeles to go to junior college football. And I knew that he would be in the pros and wrecking shop. But didn't forecast he would put on a gold jacket until obviously he was playing in the league. Mm-hmm. But I saw in junior college. You like, saw talent. Come on, man. Like, yeah. what do you look – like? Yeah. people just don't know what they're looking at sometimes, I guess.
0: It happens. It certainly does. But for somebody to actually call him and tell him, like, yeah, no, man, you're not
1: su- – You'd be surprised – you would be Jeez. surprised at some of the things that, that scouts and personnel people say to players. And you like – that's why people always – you know, I'm always joking. I'm like, and that guy yeah. is the guy <laughs> – look at him. He's the guy that's going to decide your future.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Just look at that individual. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Well, I think we all knew Peyton Manning's future. We all kind of felt like he was going to be in the Hall of Fame at one point, and he was part of the 2021 class. He was one of the bigger, bigger names in the class. And uh, as part of his group, Tom Brady, who was there with him to celebrate. Now, Tom Brady is not going to be in Kent anytime soon. In fact, who knows when he's going to retire. But Peyton Manning did acknowledge uh, having Tom Brady there.
4: My good friend Tom Brady is here tonight. By the time he is inducted,
0: <laughs> and he lets it go too, lets it breathe. <laughs> by the
4: by, the time Tom Brady is inducted in his first year of eligibility in the year 2035. <laughs> He'll only have time to post his acceptance speech on his Instagram account.
0: (laughs) I love that he paused and let the crowd boo for a while. That was great. Uh, Meanwhile, how about this from Bill Belichick? Uh, It was in um, the Boston Globe, so I'll I'll read it to you. He said of of Peyton Manning, he's definitely the best quarterback I've coached against. There have been quarterbacks who called their own plays, but nowhere near the same what he did. He basically did. He called every play by adjusting or changing the the play once he saw what the defense was doing. Uh, Just really raved about him. And I guess you could say the best quarterback he's ever coached against, but week four he will coach against Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, well, that – yeah, he still probably throw a little zinger that way. He probably won't backtrack. You
0: don't think think he'll say it afterwards? Nah, because he's game planning for week four already. It is interesting he would say that right now, though. The best quarterback I've ever coached against.
1: Yeah, because he's game planning. I just threw that out. And there. once he once he takes care of Tom, then his his is
0: already on the record. Yeah, you got to feel like that game is going to be special. October third is going to be special, no doubt about it. The one team that should uh, give up a first round pick for Jimmy G. That's coming up next. Stay with us.
3: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants.